0: You can find good pods on the web or download the app. Happy listening.
1: young criteria compared to your career, this isn't fair. I'm a disease, like a bleed through the leak
0: on the sheet of the tablet in my mind. All right, and welcome back to another episode of Fantasy Football with Gumbo. Hope you guys are doing well. My name is Ja.
1: Hey, it's Dugo over here. What's going on,
0: folks? We got another two teams to go ahead and dive into this week. Uh, Me and Dugo are here to go ahead and give you guys more info, uh, more debates, and more opinions on the New Orleans Saints and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars? What? All right, but let's start with Alvin Kamara, uh, running back for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Today, he pleaded no contest to a felony uh, or to a battery charge.
1: Yeah, I think it was to pretty much avoid uh penalty charge penalty charges uh with the no contest as well. It also stated that he had to pay like a hundred K in medical fines for the guy that he uh you know, now we can say not allegedly, but that he did beat up uh in in that dispute. So yeah, now whatever. Uh that legal dispute is now I guess officially over. Now it is pretty much in the NFL's hands to come to a decision if they are going to strike down any sort of punishment on this guy I mean so I mean I feel like in all you know at the end of the day I feel like it's going to be either a four or six game suspension I mean with that type of shit it's in the face of America that stuff when it happened it spread like wildfire yeah. And nonetheless, it happened in Vegas, too, where you, now you have an NFL franchise and all this other stuff, too.
0: Yeah, it happened at the Pro Bowl, which is an NFL event. So we're right. definitely going to punish him for some amount of time. We were talking about Alman off Mike, actually, and we were talking about his dynasty value right now. And me and Dugo were going back and forth. And I kind of made the argument that this six weeks or the four weeks or however long he takes, you know, in terms of a suspension could be beneficial for his dynasty value because that's four or six weeks that he's not running the ball
1: sure but i mean at some point you also have to think about the people who have actually you know invested in this guy already and you know like they probably did spend like a pretty penny on this guy so the, the fact that he's going to be missing four or six games like if i'm a motherfucker who traded for alvin kamara this off season not expecting him to get a suspension i'm probably pissed as fuck right now dude if i'm going to keep it a buck
0: yeah He'll probably get a suspension. I mean, it's
1: it's just one of those things, dude. Like right now, like I don't think his value is necessarily any lower. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, yeah, he's going to be missing those four to six games. And sure, you can say, oh, like it's miles off his legs and stuff. But at the end of the day, he's still getting older.
0: One thing about Alvin Kamara is uh, right now he's only an $8 million cap hit this year. So, you know, with the suspension, that'll probably decrease. We just don't know by how much. But going into next year, he's an $18 million cap hit, which is another $10 million the team has to now put up for him.
1: Yeah, and that's where, like, I feel like at that point, like, I'm not sure exactly when the trade deadline is. But, like, I honestly could see them. I mean, like, if I'm just keeping a buck from, like, a distance, I think they might look at possibly getting off that guy. I mean, you can look at how great of a talent he is. And he is a great talent. Don't get me wrong. Mm Mm-hmm. But I do think that they have a rising star in their backfield right now who's a rookie in Kendra Miller. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, when you look at some of the comps, I absolutely – I'm anything about this guy, I love him. Like, I mean, he was one of my favorite running backs coming into this draft. He only fell because if you look at some of the other guys, they're also just absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. So it's to each your own on all four of those – or five of those studs. Yep. So at the end of the day, I really like Kendra Miller a lot, and I wouldn't be surprised if I saw them get off Alvin Kamara and just dedicate themselves to that guy. I mean, like I know it's kind of a you know a pipe dream if you're a Kendra Miller owner, but at the end of the day, you have a healthy Kendra Miller who is going to be probably the face of that backfield for the first four games, regardless. And on the off chance that he does absolutely pop off, like we saw Damian Pierce this last year. Mm -hmm. I mean, who's to say that they don't just, you know, get rid of the headache already, you know, get that 18 million off the books for next year.
0: See, and that's the thing about the Alvin Kamara contract, because I forgot to mention that this year he's a 24 mil cap uh, dead cap hit. So he's, you know, a 24 million dollar dead cap hit. If they released him next year, he's 16. But the year after, he's only nine. So there's two arguments that can be made. The first argument is that Alvin Kamara is a sixteen million dollar running back next year and the Saints say, fuck that, I'm not paying sixteen million for a running back. But the second argument is that he's worth twenty four million in dead cap. Next year he's worth sixteen. And the year after in twenty twenty five he's only nine. It's a fifteen million dollar saving if you compare it from what it is now until two thousand twenty five, which is two years. Uh so maybe you keep him and then you release him when he's a lot less of a hit on your books.
1: No, I get that. And like don't get me wrong, like I do think he's a great talent and everything like that. But at the end of the day, if you're just trying to, you know, withdraw what I think is a huge headache in your locker room, Mm -hmm. especially, I mean, you're not going to have that guy in there for the first how many weeks when he's suspended. Mm -hmm. And so at the end of the day, when you're looking at it, it just seems like it's going to be a distraction when he does get back. And you have all these other guys who have already built this continuity and, I mean, obviously, he's a vet in that locker room, so it shouldn't be that hard to get back in. But, I mean, like, it's it almost seems like it's a goddamn new regime. I mean, you have a brand-new quarterback in the room. You have, a, you know, a head coach who, who's been there for a while, don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but it's almost the start of his new regime. Last year was his first year, and it was with a quarterback room that didn't make sense. He finally has a competent quarterback ready to go, and... It it seems like, you know, like, I don't know why you would want to, like... I I think he's going to be utilizing, like, that second half of the year. Don't get me wrong. I do, too. Like, don't get me wrong. I think he's going to be an absolute workhorse. I agree. And if you're looking at uh, average ADPs, it seems like he's going around the sixth, seventh round. Yep. I think that's kind of worth it at that point. Like, if I'm going to have to sit on someone, it would probably be him. Yep. But all I'm saying, as a fan... If if I'm talking about a dynasty owner for for this backfield... I, I think Andre Miller is the way to go. I mean, and I'm just thinking what do I'm thinking about what the franchise is going to do itself. You're talking about a bunch of fucking dead cap money. That seems kind of scary. Mm-hmm. Typically teams get off those. Yeah. So I just don't know if he's going to be a saint very long. I, I, I just don't.
0: If there's a saint who I really like for value right now, it has to be Jamal Williams.
1: Jamal Williams is hell. Oh, dude, that's great. Yeah, I absolutely love him. I mean, bro, if you can have, I mean, let's talk about it. Half, half the touchdowns of last year. He had 18 touchdowns last year.
0: It was incredible.
1: If you could have nine this next year.
0: He had 17 last year.
1: He had 17. Well, didn't he have a receiving one as well? No. No. My bad, guys. Regardless, he had a lot of touchdowns last year. My bad, He had a touchdown per game. Right.
0: So the thing with Jamal Williams is that he's the vet. They brought him in. They paid him some money. And to start off the season while they ease in Kendra Miller, who... I agree with Dugo. I mean, dude's a beast. He's going to be a great running back in the NFL one day. But the fact of the matter is they pay Jamal Williams. He's the vet. And Kendra Miller is also coming off of a meniscus injury.
1: True. But, I mean, I have I I mean, I don't want to speak on behalf of all meniscus injuries, but I've injured my meniscus in the past. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's just one of those things where you need to keep it off. Like, you, you can't, like, do stuff on it for a couple of days, if yeah. not a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not going to be the most, you know, like, scuff injury in the world i'm sorry about you could be in, like i would assume half of the running backs in the nfl don't have meniscuses mm-hmm. like it's just one of those things it's literally just cartilage that pads your knee
0: so jeremy fowler of ESPN. i don't know as much about the injury but from what espn's reporting it's that the coaching staff loves kendra miller but to keep it on the safe side i mean they might ease him into the season a little bit
1: and that's fair but like at the end of the day like i feel like that's just them being optimistic with their young running back who they love and knowing, like you said, they have a great uh, veteran that they can kind of rely on the first couple weeks if needed. But nonetheless, I still think that Kendrick's going to get like 10 carries a game.
0: Assuming Jamal Williams has a 40 to 50% share in this offense moving into next year. uh, Do you have his over under for touchdowns above 10 or below?
1: It's interesting. I'm not sure exactly because I need to watch exactly how the Saints failed last year. And I think one of their downfalls was the red zone game. Mm -hmm. And so I would think they got Jamal Williams for that case only because if you look at what he was able to do for the Lions, I mean, that's amazing that he was able to punch it in 17 times, like you said.
0: He's always been a great pass protector.
1: Yeah. So, like, he's going to get his downs in. I mean, right now, I just don't know exactly where his ADP is. So, if you have anything on that, I guess that's where it would determine my value, if you know, like, I, I. I I like him a lot, don't get me wrong. I mm-hmm. just there's a certain value because I mean you have Kendra Miller who I think is going to have a role in the system and you also have Alvin Kamara who's going to be coming back.
0: See, that's the thing. After some sort
1: of suspension, I'm assuming.
0: I think the Saints offense and we'll get into Derek Carr in a little bit. But oh,
1: bro, don't get me started on Derek Carr. I think the Saints draft. offense
0: is going to be super pass heavy do go.
1: Yeah, I I do think that that's It's going to be one of the more pass-heavy teams in the league. I mean, when you look at who they brought in, they brought in uh, John Gruden, again, to be uh, like an analyst or whatever for the Saints. And then you also have a, I believe it's a QB coach who, when he was working with Drew Brees, he let Drew Brees pretty much run the show, call audibles, everything like that. Basically gave him the keys to the car.
0: They brought Gruden in to basically coach Derek Carr. Yeah, pretty much, dude. Who spent time with them in Vegas?
1: Yeah, exactly. But the thing is, is that it wasn't the issue with Gruden. Like Gruden and Carr matched very well. Yeah, but it was just all the other things that happened, like those emails. He and had everything to leave like that.
0: after those emails got leaked. I mean, the Raiders were the Raiders, but right. It's cool if he's only focusing on Derek Carr. That could be productive.
1: Exactly. So I think it's one of those things where I mean, like if you talk about a guy who is very meticulous. Is John Gruden. Yeah. I mean, it, when you watch those old videos of him in like the QB room and stuff, like that shit is magic. That shit is art.
0: He understands the small. He made the small shit when it comes to like learning the quarterback and the mechanics and mm-hmm. like the coverages and shit. He made that digestible for like your everyday. Why
1: two banana? Football, man.
0: football player. Yeah. Why two banana? Football watcher. And I think that's what he does. And I think he got a little bit overblown. Um, his ability to just like make shit sound normal.
1: I'm I'm just excited for him to get back into like an NFL system where he's not the face of the system and he's just able to make shit happen. Yeah. Because I think that he is one of the beautiful minds of the game.
0: For sure. I think he has something to contribute to that team. I don't know about a head coach, but no. No, I think nothing has, like that. Like he has, he has I, something to contribute as like a mentor.
1: Right. Absolutely. And especially at his age, I'm not really sure he really wants another head coaching gig again. I think even the last time he accepted for the Raiders, I thought He got paid. He, oh, he got Yeah, he got, like, 10 mil a year, dog. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, and he's still getting paid, I'm pretty sure.
0: He was the reason coaches started getting paid.
1: Right. So, yeah, man, I I have all the the faith in Derek Carr, bro.
0: I believe that this offense, which the Saints run, in general, like a spread offense, uh, so they typically will line up four or five receivers. I think with Derek Carr at the helm, and I think without Alvin Kamara in the backfield, the Saints are still going to obviously try to run the ball, but I could definitely see Derek Carr dropping back to toss it up a little bit more than he did last year in, uh, in Vegas and then, then the Saints even did last year. But let's talk about Derek Carr and let's talk about some of his numbers because I got player profiler stats on the all guy. Right, give me them. And What's I'm going I'm to I'm I'm spit them at you and tell me what you think. So, Derek Carr in 2022 was number five in the league in deep ball attempts. He threw the ball more than 20 yards more often than all but five quarterbacks. But Derek Carr since 2014 is third in the NFL in terms of interceptions. So this is an offense that could be explosive. They could rely on Derek Carr's big arm and ability to throw downfield. But once again, I think since 2019, uh, Derek Carr is behind like Matt Ryan and someone else in terms of most interceptions. So that shows that he has a propensity to turn the ball over. This could be an offense in which he turns the ball over often enough to give them additional turnovers and trying to keep up. And he has some downfield weapons. So he has a Chris Olave. He has a Rashid Shaheed, And hopefully Michael Thomas will be healthy this year juan johnson was i believe fifth in the nfl in terms of average death of target for a tight end which means that he was kind of a big play tight end he's somebody who can catch the ball down the field now Derek carr having these weapons and once again chris olave who was a stud rookie receiver last year had
1: he, a thousand yard year as a
0: rookie bro shaheed is also going into his sophomore year and he was kind of a dog last year in terms of like just making big plays happen and then you add in a Juwan Johnson, who they resigned, and Michael Thomas might play a full season. This could be a low-key offense that kind of goes crazy in terms of receivers and even your receiver value when you talk about fantasy football.
1: Yeah, and I mean, when you're looking about, you know, over the next couple of years, they even drafted a guy who, you know, he might have some sneaky value with A.T. Perry as well. I mean, he's a 6'4 receiver out of Wake Forest. He's, you know... I won't say he played the best competition. If you guys listened to us leading up to the draft, we talked about this guy already. Coming out of ACC, obviously not the greatest division.
0: He played really well on the outside, though.
1: But, exactly. So, if you can get him in a position to where, you know, what if Michael Thomas does go out? Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like this guy could be one of those people who could just, you know, stick and fill. 6'3", 195,
0: 4440.
1: I mean, that's not terrible numbers. Some people were comping him to Devontae Parker. I think that's pretty fair as far as what you'd see from production at the, I would say, probably senior ceiling. Yeah. Um, but you know what? At the end of the day, Devontae Parker's been pretty consistent. So if I can get at least a little bit of consistency from this guy, I'd probably right. rock it for a couple weeks.
0: His best comparable, once again, utilizing player profiler. Shout out to them. Uh, his best comparable athletically is Tyrell Williams, which if you guys remember, he was uh, he was like that light skinned, tall receiver on the Chargers uh, for a few yeah. years with uh, with Philip Rivers. And so Tyrell, if you remember, was kind of a red zone threat. He was kind of a bigger body, uh, but he was like oddly relevant in fantasy. He was always like that borderline like waiver wire guy. But I think A.T. Perry could maybe be that. Especially I mean,
1: especially if you see injuries. I mean, it's MT. the NFL. You see injuries every week. So, yeah. I don't know, man. It could be one of those things to where you could see him just play a little bit more of a pivotal role down the stretch. I don't know. I have all the faith. In, I have faith that he could, he could make something happen.
0: So, with Derek Carr stepping into an offense in which he might have to chuck it up a lot, I'm looking at his ADP in terms of, uh, you know, like, redraft leaves. Okay and he's going at about wide receiver like or quarterback 20. Carr is going at about quarterback 20 in terms of rankings. Do you feel like that's a little too low for somebody who might chuck it up, I don't know, 500 600 times this year?
1: I mean, it might I would say that he's probably going to be one of those guys to where I I'd, I'd probably be a, be a lot more comfortable taking him in like the 14th or something. Like if I'm going to go with like just getting all my studs and then try to snag a quarterback at the end. I could definitely see myself trying to snag Derek Carr. I'm not, it'd be one of those things where you have to be watching how your team or how your draft mates are drafting as well, though. I like you, him for value. I do as well. I mean, especially when you spell it out that way to where you, you know he's going to be throwing at 500, damn near 600 times this year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know you're going to make something happen. You're at least going to get some sort of points.
0: They only have him protected for 3,800 yards, but – I think in the last four or five seasons, he has thrown for 4000
1: Yeah, I would say he has another 4K year for sure.
0: Yeah. I and, mean, I feel like he's, yeah. this
1: is going to be one of his most confident years, and I feel like, especially with the weapons that he had, not saying that last year with Hunter Renfro, Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, you know, you could keep going on. Like, th- that's a pretty great trio as well, but I feel like it wasn't the right system for him. I don't think that it was necessarily the right fit. They so. have...
0: They have Derek Carr projected for 25 touchdowns, passing through the air, and 12 interceptions next year.
1: I bet he gets around 30 touchdowns. and I, feel that's like, what I was going to say. Yeah, I feel like I, he definitely gets over 4K. Mm-hmm. I
0: don't, you think that, he gets 12 picks?
1: Yeah, I could definitely see that. I could see that,
0: too. Yeah, I feel you on that. And then one rush touchdown. Not really a big difference maker, but right. it can happen. Uh, but that's somebody to look out for. Uh, you also got Chris Olave, a dude who got a lot of hype, especially from the Fantasy Football with Gumbo podcast last year. Uh we told y'all Olave was going to be a dog. I actually think I call it Zay Flowers this year Chris Olave, uh which is, you know, something we got to wait and see. But he was somebody who had a great year last year. Chris Olave going into this season is uh I think wide receiver like 13 or 14 in terms of ADP. So that means in most leagues he's going at the end of the second beginning of the third round. How do you feel about that? Do you feel like that's a good price to go ahead and get somebody like that top of the third?
1: I mean, it's one of those ones that I'd have to scratch my head and think about for a little bit. I mean, give me who else is a, a, around there for uh, wide receivers. Just just so, thinking to myself, if I go like uh, running back, running back, who who are my other options for a wide receiver?
0: So Chris Olave is going as the 29th fantasy football player off the board. Yeah. So Chris Olave is going in terms of receiver ahead of Devontae Smith, DK Metcalf, and Debo Samuel. But he's going right behind Garrett Wilson, Jalen Waddle, and T Higgins.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure. I I would probably go with Olave. I mean, if I had to go off rip, I mean, I've had a lot of luck with the, uh, Devo Samuel. So, I mean, to me, I wouldn't be surprised if I went with old reliable.
0: Yeah, but, he's he's third round, basically.
1: But, yeah, I mean, I, I, like, that. I like that for him because I do think he's going to see a lot more volume this upcoming year.
0: Would you take Chris Olave or Jalen Waddle in the third round?
1: You know, off rip, I'm going to have to say Waddle. Mm-hmm. How about you? Where would you slide? <sighs> yeah,
0: Waddle. I gotta go. Waddle. He was wide receiver eight last year. Olave was wide receiver twenty five, and I kind of just want to piece of that Miami offense, man.
1: Right. Well, I think if you look at the stats, that go a little bit a little bit deeper. I think Olave did miss a couple of games, mm-hmm. but at the end of the, at the end of the year, dude, when you look at what that Miami offense went through as far as that quarterback situation, mm-hmm. if they can just get that consistent i feel like the dolphins could have had two top five receivers
0: yeah bro like waddle was wide receiver eight and he will also start in quarterback for about a month if not longer right that's kind of crazy like he has top five potential in a great year uh so he's somebody to keep an eye on out on uh jaylen waddle and chris olave rashid jahid someone that i think is a great sleeper for you Juwan johnson's cool do you think michael thomas finishes this season with more than a 10 game split?
1: yeah i yeah give me the over on that i'd say probably 11 or 12. i feel like he's definitely gonna sit out a couple don't get me wrong Mm -hmm. um but yeah end of the end of the season i bet he does play uh yeah 10 or 11 maybe 12.
0: that's just not a high projection
1: i mean it's not cool it's not cool it's not sexy whatever you want to call it like it's kind of scary that we're even talking about that but yo like if he's healthy he's gonna be a dog
0: all right, and let's talk about the Jaguars. You got anybody in mind that you want to start off with?
1: I mean, I feel like we should probably talk about one of their hottest commodity items, and that is one of my favorite young quarterbacks in this league, and Trevor Lawrence. Oh, this sure. guy is an absolute fucking beast. This guy last year, in his second year in the NFL, ended up being quarterback eight in both standard and PPR leagues. I mean, that guy is just Sick. I I don't know what you want from this guy. He's just one of those cats that I feel like this year is going to be scratching into that top five area. I mean, when you look at him, his passing attack is only going to be getting better when you add Calvin motherfucking Ridley into the mix. And you also add into the fact that he just has another year with Christian Kirk. He has another year with Evan Ingram. And the guy can also run. The guy can run. He has Travis Etienne to back him up if he needs. Tank Bixby? He has... Oh, my... Don't even get me started about Tank, bro. Zay Jones? Zay Jones? Dog. Um, it sounds like that's a a pretty, pretty good receiving room and a pretty, pretty good, you know, team overall, if you ask me. um, So, I'm excited about this team, man. Like, if you're talking about a team that I'm trying to get stock into this next year, it's definitely this team for sure. I mean... The one guy that I might be sliding on as far as their ADP right now is probably Travis Etienne. And that's just because of my own personal preference that I think that Tank Bigsby is going to be a lot more integrated into this offense than most people are thinking off rip. I really do think that that guy is going to end the season. You know, I, I could see him possibly with 200 uh, rushes.
0: All right, so you talk about Trevor Lawrence, who finishes uh, 2022 as QB8. Right now, he has an ADP of QB8. And, you know, they pretty much have him on par to finish, you know, similarly to how we did last year. So last year, the guy had 25 touchdowns and only eight interceptions. Now, in his first year with Urban Meyer, he went 12 touchdowns and 17 interceptions, which is a major leap. My guy threw for close to 600 pass attempts. He had 584, and that damn near was at the top of the league in terms of pass attempts. He adds Calvin Ridley going into next year, and naturally you would assume that he's going to be able to go ahead and get more pass touchdowns than just 25 in a 17-game season. But you also have to take into account that he had five rushing touchdowns, which he may lose some some of to a Tank Bigsby, uh, the second you know uh, runner that they added to the backfield. So now they have a Travis Etienne, Tank Bigsby. I think Tank Bigsby's touchdowns and what Calvin Ridley adds to the passing game somewhat offset, if that makes any sense. And I believe that Trevor Lawrence is still going to be a top 10 quarterback for fantasy football. Mm, I don't know if I got him top five. I think he could have a really hot start.
1: I got him on top five for sure. I, I got do.
0: him top 10, but somewhere in the latter half of that 10 or that top 10, uh, whatever. So I like Trevor. Dougal likes him more. Uh, what do you feel about ETN? I know you said third round.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I'm not I feel like I would probably s- Slide on him a little bit there, just because, like I said, I feel like Tank Bigsby is going to get a little bit more play than what all the analysts are thinking right now. Mm-hmm. I really do think that Tank Bigsby could have an opportunity to get 200 rushes this year. I really do. Mm-hmm. And so with that, I feel like Travis Etienne, I mean, if you, if you want to ask me seriously how I think they're going to utilize him, I think he's going to be more of their receiving threat. Mm-hmm. I feel like he might be, I don't want to say, like kind of like a decoy on first down. But, like, I feel like they're going to be probably more of a first down pass team. And mm-hmm. I feel like or I feel like Travis Etienne being out there or Trevor Lawrence is going to be dank because, I mean, he's just been in that offense a little longer. He can, you know, understand audibles, stuff like that. But when you get down into, like, the red zone and stuff, I feel like Travis Etienne has shown that he has been a little bit lackluster down there. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like when you look at Tank, when you look at what he was able to do at Auburn, where he was pretty much the only weapon for a couple of years, I feel like he was, be, he is shown to be able to, you know, get over those humps, you know, when it's, Hey, it's down and dirty and you, need, and you need to get there. He's shown to do that. So I feel like he's going to fit well with this team.
0: Dude. I think ETN going to be a dog.
1: What, what do you, give me your stats on him. What do you think he's going to end with this year then?
0: So last year he ended the season as RB 17 and he was one of the few running backs to play all 17 games in 2022. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing about Travis Etienne is that he was great on the ground. He had over 1,100 rushing yards. Uh, that's with o- only 220 attempts. So he was still 80 away from that magical 300 number that we'd like to see our running backs hit if we expect him to be elite. But he only had five rushing touchdowns, which kind of adds to the fire of, okay, maybe he's not like a like a red zone back. Right. So in terms of receiving touchdowns as well, he had zero. So I think whatever progression he could see in terms of rushing touchdowns um, and whatever you know receiving touchdowns he might be able to go ahead and land with you know the Jaguars having more receivers to go ahead and draw coverage to the outside of the of the defense. Um, I think that Travis Etienne could end next year with maybe eight rushing touchdowns, two through the air, so ten total. I got him over a thousand all-purpose last year. He ended the season with fourteen hundred plus all-purpose. Um so I think that what he loses in yardage to other players he makes up for and just the additional touchdowns. Uh so I think that he's somebody who goes for pretty damn good value. Uh right now I think in drafts he's going as a 32nd player off the board in fantasy football. So he's going at pick 32 which is going to be the beginning of the fourth round for you players who play in, you know, 10 team 10 team leagues. Tank Bigsby on the other hand, he's being projected as RB 51 I want to say. And he's going well behind a lot of backups. They have him projected at around three hundred like 60 ish rushing yards and only maybe like 120, 130 through the air. And they only have him projected for five touchdowns, which I wanted to ask you. I mean, do you think Bigsby's likely to get more than five touchdowns next year?
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely think he could get upwards. Uh, I feel like where you're at with E.T.M. with like that eight number, at least through the ground. But I also feel like he's going to have the ability to get around 800 yards uh, on the ground alone and possibly. Possibly eclipse a thousand all purpose yards. I mean, that's where I'm kind of ranking him right now. Like, I'm sorry, but like, when you look at some of the interviews that they were saying about, you know, how they want to kind of redo their running back room, mm-hmm. obviously there was an efficiency there that wasn't working. Mm-hmm. So they have to bring something new in. Obviously, when you look at what happened with ETN, he was drafted at the end of the first round, I believe, and that was under the Urban Meyer mm-hmm. system. It was. You know, I I assume some of that. I mean, and you can't blame him. I mean, he was one of those great running backs in that draft, and, you know, he was out of Clemson, which, I mean, they won national championships. You know, you think it's going to translate right away. You know, if it translates this year and I eat my dust on it, then so be it. But I feel like there's a reason why they brought Tank Bigsby in, and I think he's going to absolutely eat in the red zone. Mm-hmm. But I also think he's going to get other work within the 20s as well, or within, you know, 30s, whatever you want to call it, middle of the field.
0: The odds of a running back playing 17 games two years in a row is relatively low just because of the position. And uh, ETN playing 17 last year. Hopefully he can stay healthy throughout the whole season, but I definitely believe there's a world where Bigsby can come in, get reps, be a goal back. I think that this is an offense with receivers who get tackled by the goal line maybe don't finish. A lot of smaller guys like Christian Kirk and Calvin Ridley. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, I think they can get into the red zone fairly often. And we know Doug Peterson likes to use his running backs when given a chance. So Bigsby as the RB two in this offense, I think there's a lot of potential there. Um, I feel
1: like he might I feel like he goes I feel like he ends top 40 running back.
0: Easy. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. For where you're getting him too. Like we're talking about he's the RB fifty one in terms of ADP right now. Mm-hmm. That's incredibly low. He's going into the hundreds. So with Tank Bigsby now. If you can go ahead and grab him at the end of the draft and he ends up being even an RB4 for you, that's amazing value.
1: Absolutely.
0: Right? And so, uh, yeah, I think he has some potential and it sounds like you do too.
1: Oh, absolutely, dude. I'm so high on this guy. That's why I drafted this guy in the second round in our Dynasty League. Mm-hmm. I just feel like he has instant belly now and definitely through the future as well.
0: Travis Etienne being only, you know, drafted just the year before, that doesn't that doesn't scare you at all?
1: Not necessarily. I mean when you look at Travis Etienne, he's going into what or two his, years before. His fourth year now, I believe. Or he's third. going to his third a third. Yep. So he's two years old. It's one of those things to where I it doesn't necessarily scare me because obviously they have a plan for Bigsby. You don't just I mean, especially with a not necessarily a new regime, but you have Doug Peterson in there who is a relatively new head coach for that system, or at least for that organization. And for him to draft a running back that early Obviously, he fits some sort of need that they have, and obviously after losing uh, James Robinson last year, uh, after he just didn't pan out that second year, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like they just wanted someone that they knew could be a workhorse, and that's what that's what Tank Bigsby has shown to be, uh, shown to be.
0: He has, he has. Uh, when it comes to Evan Ingram, right now he's going at an ADP of tight end eight. He finished last year as tight end five. Right now he's going behind Darren Waller, Dallas Goddard, and Kyle Pitts. Do you think Kyle Pitts deserve to be ranked ahead of Evan Ingram?
1: I don't. I really don't, man. That's, I mean
0: that's the conversation we might have to start having.
1: Yeah, I, I would not draft Kyle Pitts before Evan Ingram. Right now, like when I was doing like a couple mock drafts earlier today, I believe he was I believe right now they have Ingram going around like the seventh, eighth round, depending on, you know, how many uh how many people you have in your mocks or in your leagues. Yeah. I believe that that is phenomenal value for Ingram, especially like when you look at what they were able to do last year as far as just his utilization. They pretty much utilized him as a wide receiver. And when you're talking to or when you're listening to interviews and stuff about how he was going to get paid, obviously he needed a little bit more wide receiver money this time around. Yeah, he did. Because that's what they utilized him as. And so I believe this next year, I don't think it's going to be any different of how they utilize him. It's gonna be interesting to see if he's as efficient as he was from the prior year, but I definitely have this guy within my top. I would say eight or eight tight ends going into this next year for sure. I think, and for me, that that to me that warrants uh, eighth eighth round value, hundred percent.
0: Yeah, I like him as just he's like in that Dalton Kincaid role of like he's basically a slot receiver. Right. So I like that a lot. I think that. Evan Ingram should be going ahead of Kyle Pitts because that Atlanta offense just doesn't have the firepower to sustain a ton of high-volume high, high volume weapons the way we think that it did, especially after adding Drake London last year. So now you add a Bijan Robinson into an offense that likes to run the ball, and you talk about having Al- Tyler Algier as the RB2, and now you have Cordero Patterson playing more so outside, so he's getting those slot Curtis Samuel type of targets, and you have a Drake London who's taking a leap into year two that got drafted with top 10 draft cap. You added an elite running back and a pretty dang good receiver. And Kyle Pitts already is coming off of a bad year. Give me the Jags. Give me Evan Ingram. Give me the targets. um, And give me the potential to go ahead and, you know, just have more explosive plays because of who's tossing the ball up. It's Trevor Lawrence versus Desmond, Desmond Ritter, So that's not... That's not even, like, equable. Yeah, that's
1: not really even a conversation in my book, if you ask me.
0: No, give me Ingram uh, at tight end 8, as opposed to Kyle Pitts, who right now is being drafted off the board as tight end 5.
1: Bro, remember when Kyle Pitts went a whole fucking year without scoring a touchdown? It's always some shit, bro. There's always something with him.
0: It's always something. And it's kind of annoying, dog, because you have to take him in the first six rounds just based off of, like, real-life draft capital. And the lack of weapons that they got on the team. Um, but I don't know if I'm touching them this year. It's not worth it.
1: Nah, bro. I, I don't put any stock into I feel like the only... I don't want to get off on a tangent on other teams because this is supposed to be dedicated towards the Saints and Jags. But if I'm talking about the Falcons, I feel like the only person I would want to actually put stock in right now is Bijan Robinson.
0: Easy. Easy, and we'll get into the Falcons soon. Uh, last but not least, I just want to kind of clarify more about how we feel about uh, Calvin Ridley. Uh, because right now he's going off the board, ADP of wide receiver 43. We know he didn't play last year. He's coming off that suspension. He's sharing targets with the Nevin Ingram, who we just talked about. Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Travis Etienne, Tank Bigsby.
1: Wait, wide receiver 43 or 43 overall?
0: 43rd overall player, uh, meaning okay. that he's going in, you know, like fifth rounds for you 10 team leagues and calvin ridley i mean if you get him at a fifth round value is that something you feel pretty safe in
1: you know i was thinking about that and honestly i feel like i do just with how high i am on trevor lawrence i feel like
0: one quarterback league fifth round you think that's a good value i
1: i would be very satisfied with him being my wide receiver too 100 Mm percent.
0: see he's going ahead of d hop terry mclaurin And DJ Moore. DJ Moore is the guy who I think could take a big leap this year.
1: Dog, I just don't trust the fucking Bears. We can get on that. I guess he got on that tangent last week.
0: How do you feel about DJ Moore in that offense?
1: I just, you know, I think he's a terrific talent. Don't get me wrong. And he's going to make things happen. Justin Fields will make things happen. But you also have nine other players on that field that also have to make other things happen as well. And it's just, it's interesting to me, man. I just... I feel like he could end up being, he's going to be within the top 32 wide receivers. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but uh, I just it's... don't want to draft him that high. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm not drafting him in what, like the fifth round. I don't know if I'm doing that.
0: Yeah. Uh, reminder from last week's episode, if you guys listen, uh, did a deep dive on the Texans and the bears and DJ Moore once again, is going off the round or going off the boards in the sixth round. Uh, following Justin Fields, who's going in the fifth. So we talked about that being a potential stack. Uh, DJ Moore is someone who I think is going to see more targets. Obviously, Dugo just doesn't fuck with that team at all. And Well, D- I
1: don't know if you can say he's going to see more targets. Like, oh, it, he's going to see more targets. Bro, if you look at what they had on the Panthers, they didn't really have much else for other people. Like, how many targets did DJ Moore see last year?
0: Uh, he had 118 last year and yeah, 17 games And played.
1: I feel like when you look at what they've also added with uh, Chase Claypool last year as well and then they also have Mooney I'm pretty sure still and they also have uh, Valis Jones Jr. that they drafted last year like realistically they're gonna have to get that ground and pound going early they need to obviously they they're built for the air but if you look at anything that the Bears do they need to build it through the ground I mean
0: i so last year once again you know DJ had those hundred and 17 118 targets all he needs this year is eight targets a game play another healthy season and i think he would finish at 136 targets and i feel like eight targets a game for that offense with in which johnny mooney could be cool we don't know what we're getting with chase playpool. they have a and, uh they have cole Komet. i think eight is a relatively solid number to project for him but i think there is a world in which he has some games and shootouts in which he sees more than that
1: Sure, but you also have to think about what those targets are. Is he going to catch them? Like, he's going to be playing Jair Alexander twice a year now. He's going to be going against a lot of other stacked cornerbacks. Like, there's stuff like that that you aren't really – I don't know if you're putting into account.
0: He's always had to play NFL cornerbacks.
1: Okay, but are they people like Jair Alexander that he has to go against twice? Who did he have to go against? Marshawn Lattimore. I I would put Jair above him.
0: Uh, He went against the DB on the Falcons. Uh. The guy was actually pretty good. What's his name?
1: What is his name? So I guess, at least to me, when you look at the competition, I feel like it's gonna be a little bit more scare or a little bit more dynamic this year as far as the defenses. Yeah, I mean the NFC South has been pretty lackluster, if you ask me.
0: Thought of the name, uh, it was AJ Terrell. AJ Terrell, who's the cornerback for the Falcons.
1: Yeah, and he was drafted in the first round, and he's a pretty good cornerback. Don't get me wrong.
0: He was second team All Pro in twenty one.
1: Yeah, so he's good. Don't get me wrong. DJ
0: Moore cooked his shit.
1: DJ Moore cooked his
0: shit. In 2021, he also played a healthy year, and he ended the year as a wide receiver 18 for fantasy with 163 targets and 93 catches. So pretty good. But my man has always had to play NFL DBs. Just because he has to play Jair twice a year doesn't mean that he's not capable of... He doesn't have to be fucking amazing. So
1: what do you think he gets, son, if you're so high on his dick? I think he gets
0: at least 136 targets. Easy, money, eight a game. That ain't shit. That's not asking for a lot. And another thing about well, him, you too.
1: Well, to, you have to make those in the catches, though, and that's what I don't think you're understanding. I think
0: Justin Fields is better than any quarterback he's had over the past five years. Is he not? Is he not better than Baker Mayfield?
1: As far as throwing ability, I'm not sure exactly, bro. Like, I have to look at who he's had. Like, I'm pretty sure he has Is he better came... than Sam Darnold? Probably, yeah.
0: Is he better than... All their quarterbacks were as... Uh did they no the Saints had Andy Dalton last year. They have Andy Dalton this year. But regardless, I mean, DJ Moore's been catching from a bunch of mid quarterbacks for a long a long time. Justin Fields ain't amazing, but I don't know. I think he can throw a deep ball. May not be super accurate in tight windows and whatever else, but I think DJ Moore I said last week had one of the highest uh depth of target um, at the targets last year,
1: I guess it'll just be one of those things where we'll have to see, man. But at the end of the day, I'm not high on anyone on the fucking bears, and I'll never be high on anyone on the fucking bears.
0: Damn, bro. It's um, just real talk, dude. Yeah, so check it out. Let's get I'm back to the same.
1: I'm not a fake hater like you,
0: bitch. You are a fake hater. You a fucking fake Tom Brady hater. Are you kidding me? Uh, you a fake jaw hater. Oh, um, Chris Olave is. Not going to finish better than DJ Moore in my books. Sounds like you sound the opposite. Yeah. Uh, you want to make a bet on that?
1: Uh, how much you thinking? 20 bucks. I'll do 10. 15? I'll do 10.
0: Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, got that in stone. That's another episode of Fantasy Football with Gumbo. Me and Dugo about to go box in the backyard. <laughs> we hope you all enjoyed this week's episode. We'll tap in with you next week. Until next time, you know who it is. My name is Ja.
1: Hey, it's Dugo. appreciate y'all bringing your head tops So, got to see you next time. Peace.